0: The what Pat Kenny Show. Fast. With Transport Aviva insurance, insurance on, on News Talk. Issues is opening in Dublin in April. Our reporter Josh Crosby went along to see what this will provide, and he's with me now in studio. Josh, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So, what is it? Where is it?
1: OK, so as you said, a world first. There is something similar in Melbourne in Australia, but not to this scale. I must say it is impressive when you walk in. So basically the wayfinding centre is what may seem like a, a large warehouse from the outside, a, a former print printworks. But once you go inside, it turns into a Facility that has a real life streetscape of footpaths, train tracks, traffic lights, and then all modes of public transport. There's a Lewis carriage, a Dart carriage, a, a bus airing coach, a double decker Dublin bus, and the front section of a plane all under the one roof. There are real life scenario hazards then in place. The whole idea, I suppose, for the centre is to allow people with mobility issues and access needs to come and gain confidence, familiarise themselves with public transport in a safe environment. There will be practical training provided and from those I met with at the centre, they say this will be a game changer. I met with Matt McCann, who's from Kildare. He has cerebral palsy and uses a walking frame to get around. He says everyone should be given the same opportunity to be able to travel.
2: Figuring out where I want to go has always been a challenge in a sense. I was trying to look around, how do I get there? What, What buses do I take? What modes of transport do I take? And it was always this extra headache of not knowing what to expect. You know, when I was a kid, a lot of the buses wouldn't be accessible to my walking frame. When I go to the train, like, it's still a case where sometimes I don't know... Will I be able to get on the carriage safely or do I need to rely on friends and family? You know, there's this almost disconnected thinking sometimes when it comes to a connected transport service. Um, And you have to ring 24 hours ahead sometimes? That's it. When I have gone down to visit friends down the country, you know, there would be that case of sometimes I go up there and it's a surprise (laughs) that I arrive. Has this led to you missing out on activities and plans and preventing you from getting to where you want to be? Absolutely, yeah. You know, there have been ways where you know I've I've had events going on down the country and I haven't been able to get there in time or safely without realising how am I going to get off the carriage? Am I going to be left on there? It's just an extra level of stress. So where we are today now, what do you think this will do for maybe younger people who are coming up? How will this help? It'll be absolutely invaluable, right? You'll get to know immediately what to expect. How do you operate and get on to a bus errand coach or an expressway coach? Essentially, it's about building confidence, right? being able to advocate for yourself to know if you need help with the getting the ramp on the bus or know what to expect to get on the Lewis. This is it. We have an opportunity to not just make Ireland's standards of transport better for everyone but like look at this as a new European or potentially worldwide. Thing and just happened. when you say to have a say in it, What's
1: your message to the powers that be now?
2: I think there's always an old saying in the disability community of nothing about us without us, but I'd go a step further, to use the pun in transport, and say that it's nothing without us, right? It's a journey for everyone.
0: And that's Matt McCann speaking from the new Wayfinders Centre. How much did it cost to build, and how's it actually going to work in terms of who can access it?
1: Okay, so it's cost more than €7.8 million. It's a joint agency investment, and it was Vision Ireland and... The National Transport Authority would showcase this preview, but it will be linked with DCU, TU Dublin and University College London. It's going to work in collaboration on research, design and future developments going forward. So not only is it going to be a a training facility, but members of the public are now being asked to join the accessibility panel where they'll be able to share their experiences and give insights for, for the future of transport and the surrounding environment. But to hear how it all works, I spoke with the Chief Executive of Vision Ireland, Chris White. To my left, I have uh, an Airbus A319.
3: To my right, I have a fully functioning Dart carriage. Beside it on the platform is a Lewis carriage. As I look across the the 31,000 square feet, I'm looking across our entirely built-out airport towards our bus, air, and coach. And in the far distance is a Dublin double-decker bus.
1: And these aren't replicas. There's no pretending here. These are the actual vehicles.
3: All of these, full-scale, formally working. This is what you would experience out on the street, every day, First vehicles. time seeing
1: a plane in a building now, I must say. So it's a, it gives people a real-life experience.
3: We brought that in at half five in the morning, driven from Cork, and as they brought it in, people were going, there's a plane going down Botanic Avenue.
1: So then when it comes to April, and people are coming up here from around the country, maybe from around the world, how would it work? So they come in, they come for a training session?
3: So we have a curriculum that's been designed and built for the needs of the individual with a disability. So if it's small groups you know, eight to ten people, and we take them through the experience and give them time.
1: And a world first, something similar in Australia, not not to this scale, will this be used as a template for other jurisdictions? Are you getting interest from other parties?
3: Well, ironically, we've got an MP from the UK here. He's already talking about doing this in Liverpool. We have a representative from the EU, and we have an EU conference here in May. We have four or five guests from America already talking about doing this in the States, and we can replicate it across the world.
0: Now, that's the chief executive of Vision Ireland, uh, Chris White, which is uh, very descriptive of a fantastic facility, I must say. But one thing, uh, do they have steps up to the plane or is the plane just on the ground? Because the most dodgy part of accessing a plane, even for able-bodied people, is going up those very narrow steps with maybe a babe in arms and a a wheelie in the other hand.
1: And out in the elements as well. Yeah. No, but in the centre, it's, it's not off the ground as such. There is a ramp, like a ramp for, for wheelchair users to get in. But if you were to look at the, the front of the plane, it's quite sitting on the ground, but it's not, it's not up steps as
0: you'd have. Because a... yeah, that as I say, that is uh, tricky for everybody. Um, what about those living outside Dublin with mobility issues? Will there be similar projects rolled out in other parts of the country?
1: Yeah, so this is something I wanted to ask because we know there's investment being made to the, the fleet itself, that the vehicles, the adapter, vehicles are continually coming on stream but it's not just the buses, trains and trams that are restricting people from using public transport it's the surrounding infrastructure where the services physically stop and pull in to pick up passengers Vision Ireland says that less than 6% of people with disabilities use the public transport system every day to to access employment or education so I also met with the Transport Minister Eamon Ryan, Senator Martin Conway and Minister of State with Responsibility for Disability and Rabbit and I put it to them about the services in rural Ireland and the issue that some people have of having to give notice ahead of travelling. Minister Ryan says the centre will benefit transport users right across the country.
0: So the advantage by learning here to be comfortable getting on the bus, getting off the bus, that will expand the use of public transport right across rural Ireland, particularly today when we're expanding rural public transport so much. So, yeah, they will have to come to Dublin. But I think the only other option, well, I don't think there is another option, but this is a first globally. So,
1: And aside from the vehicles, are there plans for resolving infrastructure issues? Do you believe the stations should be staffed
0: at all times? A lot of it's about the finer details in terms of the surface around that's sending signals in terms of where you need to be on the pavement, where the stop is and so on. So the devil is in the details. I don't know, Margaret, if you want to add to that.
4: Yeah, the devil is in the detail. As somebody who has a vision impairment, the first elected member of the Oireachtas with a vision impairment, this is a great day for someone like me. The little things matter, as the Minister has quite rightly said. Anne Rabbit, Minister of State Foods, Responsibility for Disability. I genuinely do believe, and I'm passionate about this, our designers and our architects and our local authorities need to get up here. They need to actually see, actually, how when you have the proper infrastructure combined with the proper transport, we can raise that bar from 6%.
1: So certain designs, maybe older footpaths, are restricting more dedicated transport from coming in?
4: Absolutely, because in actual fact what we're finding now is that buses are pulling out a little bit too far from the curb because the curb is too high because they can't let down the the lift to the ground to let a person in or out. It's actually very, there's a lot of barriers in accessing transport but the built environment has a huge part to play on that.
1: And not so much the infrastructure in the built environment but also staffing issues. Do you think every station should be manned, should be staffed?
4: There's a huge issue here around having to give the hours notice. This notice piece is a barrier to accessibility. I do genuinely think it is a staffing requirement. It's been described
1: as discrimination in a sense, so you'd be pushing for more stations to be staffed?
4: Absolutely, Uh, that flexibility of inclusion. Like, inclusion is not just about the built environment or the transport piece, but there's also that piece where a person might be visually impaired where physically impaired, where they need to actually talk to a person for assistance.
0: Now that's uh, Fianna Foil's Rabbit. Uh, Josh, you met with more people with accessibility issues. What else do they want to see happen to increase their confidence to use public transport?
1: Yes, yeah, so there were a range of people there, all with their own individual needs. We heard from Matt McCann at the start, who, who uses a walking frame. There are wheelchair users, people with walking canes, all checking out this world first centre. But I also met with Helena Mollahan and her guide dog, Fionn. Helena has uh, visibility issues and was telling me about some of her own experiences. And I must admit, some of the barriers she was explaining to me are issues I've never even had to consider myself. So, for instance, if Helena is waiting for a bus, she can't see what bus is arriving at the stop. So, the driver is expected to pull in and inform people they see with guide dogs and walking canes what bus they're driving, when a certain bus should be arriving, and so on. But unfortunately, Helena says this doesn't always happen.
5: The built environment around the buses is quite challenging there's been a lot of changes as of recent with shared spaces, floating bus stops, uh, sharing spaces with cycle tracks and that's made it quite challenging for someone who's blind or vision impaired, you can't really ascertain or orient yourself safely in the direction of bus stop while not clashing or colliding with a cyclist or an e-scooter. I suppose the other issues I I would have with public transport is with staff, staff training, so it's very hit and miss sometimes if the bus stops because I can't flag down the bus, I don't know what bus it that is that's coming. They have often not told me when we stop if the audio announcements are not working. There's been a few occasions I've missed my bus stop, gotten off two or three stops later, not knowing where I am, not in an area that I'm familiar with or trained. What do you
1: do in that situation when I mean, you get off and you... Not in your area.
5: Just rely and hope that a passerby will see you and that you can try and flag them down. I would be listening out for someone passing by for football. To
1: ask them where you to are. To ask no. where I
5: am and if they can get me back as far as a bus stop on the other side of the road or how do I get back or nearby the taxi service if I came to that, you know. So more
1: engagement from the actual operators and drivers themselves? The
5: actual, yeah, absolutely. So there needs to be more engagement, staff training, awareness training around people with access needs. The Wayfinding Centre will be a fantastic opportunity to build that education awareness with the transport staff, so that it becomes everyday, it's an everyday awareness, it's just natural. If They see someone with a cane or with a wheelchair, they stop, they ask them what they need, and we can all independently, confidently and safely travel through onto our destinations. With the current infrastructure and the changes that are currently being implemented, I personally feel less independent and less safe than I used to in those spaces getting to my bus stop. It used to be just a straight walk to my bus stop. Now I'm dealing with not getting run over by a cyclist or an e-scooter with their headphones on. It's a scary world when that's the case.
0: Helena Mollihan ending that report from the new Wayfinding Centre in North Dublin. Uh, From John and D12, does the full-size dart at this training station need someone to phone the station a day in advance to secure a ramp to get on it from the platform like the real ones? Uh, Another one, I've seen elderly people and people with babies and buggies try to manage getting on buses because the drivers don't bother pulling into the curb as they should.